Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. episode is airing on Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. Hello everyone, this is Shannon. I'm sitting here on a Monday evening and I am just super excited about the stuff that's coming out, the stuff I get to tell you about in a few minutes. It's one of those nights when I'm just waiting for it to be 3 a.m. Eastern time because that is when all the new books drop and I can go find them on Audible or Kindle or iBooks, wherever I feel like getting them, they will be there. And it is a great, great time. So before I tell you about new books, I want to share an author interview with you. I had the chance to talk to Eliza Jane Brazier, whose novel, If I Disappear, was released last week. And it is a wild ride for sure. Um, I hope you enjoy the interview, and if the book sounds like something that will appeal to you, I highly recommend it. Um, she was so good to talk to, very insightful, and just a lot of fun overall. So let's get into the usual housekeeping information, and then we'll dive straight into the interview. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro Podcast. This is Shannon, and I am joined today by author Eliza Jane Brazier, whose novel, If I Disappear, releases today, at least today, as of the time of recording, January 26th. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really, really looking forward to chatting with you. Well, thank you so much for having me, Shannon. It's a pleasure to be here. So can we start out by giving listeners a little bit of an introduction to If I Disappear? Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so <laughs> it is the story of a woman, Sarah, um, and she is like a huge fan of this true crime podcast. Um, and she also kind of feels like a little adrift in her life, like she sort of doesn't really know where she belongs in the world. She's very uh, kind of alone and isolated, like things are not going the way that she really wants in her life. Um, and then the host of the podcast, Rachel, um, disappears. And Sarah kind of like sees her own disappearance in this. She really, you know, felt that, you know, a connection to Rachel. She felt they were friends. She feels that something is wrong and that she needs to do something about it. So she actually jumps in and goes and investigates, you know, using all the knowledge that she has garnered from her listening to true crime podcasts. And she ends up in this uh, rural sort of uh, town in northern California 
uh, where Rachel is from, and she goes undercover because she doesn't want anyone to know sort of why she's there because, you know, potentially everyone's a suspect. And she starts trying to find Rachel. And that is where we where we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I read um, an early copy of this in order to prepare for the interview. And I have to say that it is one of the most disturbingly creepy books I've read in quite a while Um, no no that I'm guessing anyway that that was sort of your your goal to have it be sort of dark and unsettling Um, yeah (laughs) but it there's something very visceral in the way that you wrote it the way that the scenery is described the way the characters kind of just leap off the page Mm. and I just as I was reading it I kept thinking like I don't know where this is going like I I don't know this is this is very bad like (laughs) nothing good is going to happen to these people (laughs) yeah yeah it's kind of like yeah definitely it's not like a lot of safe places to land out there (laughs) no no so tell me sort of what prompted you to write this book um, so I think that there was a lot of, there was a couple different elements I'd say that like came together. Um, I think the, the first thing is like my, I love true crime. Um, so I really wanted to like write a book like in that space. And I, and I kind of came up with like that hook of like the idea of like, you know, what if the host disappeared? Um, just because like a, a big part of what I like about true crime is like the host. And I think that's, what's made it so popular over the last, you know, say five to 10 years, um, is that you have these people like Georgia and Karen who do like my favorite murder, who are these like smart, um, funny, like, uh, amazing, uh, intelligent, uh, women, you know, who have built this really community around them. So I, I definitely wanted to like, kind of write something in that world. And I think that I thought that was such a cool hook. Um, and then the setting came from a job that I took, uh, in Northern California, um, where I worked at a dude ranch and I thought, you know, that it was going to be like this, this, uh, great, um, this great like summer of like sort of healing and like, you know, working with horses. And, and I actually landed in this place and was like, Whoa, this is not what I was, what I expected. And it was really kind of creepy. And like, um, it just got really weird, really fast. Like people would tell these scary stories. Like there was a lot of paranoia and, and kind of like an escalating, I guess, situation, um, that ended with me actually leaving after six weeks. But I, I left and I thought, dude, that, this is a great setting. Because when you're in isolation like that, you are really um, reliant on the people around you to to kind of like, I guess, protect you or keep you sane. Um, and if they're just not the right people, like it can go wrong really fast. So I well, think and those... it does oh, yeah. in your novel. Like none of those people are the right people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're definitely, you know, you're at people's mercy, I would say, you know. Um, so I did, I took those two elements and then I also really wanted to talk about, you know, cause I, um, I'm a widow. So like I had been married for like 10 years, I was living in England and then I moved back to America, um, after my husband died and I was, you know, single. And it was like, I was experiencing life as a single woman in America for like the first time, you know, as like an adult really. And I was really like appalled by what I experienced, you know, like being on mm-hmm. like Tinder and stuff like that. And the way that, you know, you're sort of treated 
um, is kind of is scary, frankly. Um, so I really did want to talk about that. I wanted to talk about like where where you know what are places for women, like what are like safe spaces for women, and all that kind of stuff, you know, as well. So all of those things came together and made this novel. So as you wrote it, did you have kind of an idea of how you would classify it? Like as I was reading. I found myself kind of going back and forth. Like, is this, is this a thriller? Is it like a horror novel? Um, And I never really could decide. So I'm wondering what you call it. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I feel like maybe like I, maybe I just don't really know where, like, I think as a writer, you try to like write the story that comes to you. And I, and I guess I didn't maybe think about where it would be like placed, but quite a few people have said that. And I think that really comes down to like the, the writers that influenced influenced me you know what I mean like that it was kind mm-hmm. of an amalgam of like of all of those of those kind of stories and what I liked um but yeah I guess I definitely didn't really think about it <laughs> <laughs> well and sometimes I think that's that's okay because I think if you try to slot yourself into a specific genre or like subgenre, then you can be really confined by yeah. sort of the, you know, unwritten rules and expectations that readers of that genre may have. That's so true. Yeah. You're like on the hook for stuff and in your head about stuff, which is already, I mean, it's already hard enough to write a book and I try to just keep it, I guess, as like loose as I can so that I can like kind of be surprised and, and feel like I'm immersed in my own story. Um, so I guess I just like kind of write it and hope for the best. <laughs> So speaking of that, then, do you, like, as you were writing it, did you know how it would end or was the ending a surprise to you? Oh, yeah, no, I did not. And I don't, see, I like, I'm a very kind of like honest person in a way, like maybe to a fault. And especially like when I'm, when I'm writing, like, I feel like if I knew the ending, like I would have like wanted to like tell the reader, like, like, don't worry, it's going to be, this is what's going to happen. Like, get ready. We're, we're, we're in this together. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely like didn't know. And in fact, I rewrote the second half of the book, like, like 40,000 words, like three times, uh, with different villains. And then when I finally like got to the one that I felt like, I was like, Oh, this one works. Then I was like, okay, let me send this to like, try to get an agent. Um, but yeah, I definitely didn't know. And I think I also, to be honest, like I tried to like force an answer sometimes because like I'd be like, well, I want to say this or I want to have like, you know, this to be the message or I don't want it to be like this book or that book. And oh. that was like a mistake because like that just doesn't work. You can't like force the characters into like, you know, or, or at least I can't, I guess. Some people might be better at it than I am. But yeah. I've know. heard that from quite a few people that you have to kind of go where the characters lead you, even if you're outlining, like you have to sort of know that your idea may not necessarily be the way the book ends up. Yeah. So I think that that's a pretty common thing um, from what I have have heard from various authors. Yeah, I feel like everyone's different and you got to find what works for you. Um, but I did, I do, I would say like just from my own experience, especially like this past year working off an outline, it's a really, it's really good to like say, okay, I have this outline, but I'm open to change. Like, cause it feels like work. Like, let's say if something takes a, you're writing it, something veers in an interesting direction, it takes work to then go back and, and change that outline. Sometimes people are like, I don't want to do that work. Um, but if you're, then you can kind of risk, I guess, being inauthentic and then the story can sometimes feel forced. So I think it's always good to be open to, um, to a new idea. So when you went back and did all of the rewriting, then did you 
have to kind of redo that outline oh, sure. each time? Okay. Well, like, I guess like a, the men, cause I don't really, I don't write like an outline, I guess, um, for myself. Like, like I said, everyone's different. Um, when I do write outlines, like I, I find that it kind of robs like the life of this out of the story. It feels like mm -hmm. I'm just paint, painting by numbers. Um, so I didn't have an outline as such, but it's definitely like tricky. Like when you're kind of like going back to make sure that you don't have uh, pieces of the old version that are still in there that now don't make sense. You know what I oh, mean? Uh -huh. <laughs> so I definitely had to like think about it in that way. Like you don't want to mess with something so much that it's like, it's a, you know, it doesn't kind of, you want it to be hopefully to be logical. <laughs> well, that's, that's generally good. I think people... Yeah enjoy you know a certain amount of logic yeah in what they read yeah so you had mentioned um sort of this novel being an amalgamation of the types of stories that you have enjoyed and the t and the authors who have influenced you can you talk a little bit about the authors and perhaps the books that kind of shaped you as a reader and a writer yeah i mean there's like so many i mean i've talked to i guess like the thing that I always kind of like mention, I think, is like that when I was growing up, like there were not a lot of books that were by female authors that featured interesting female protagonists. And I know that like, you know, this is said a lot, but it's just so true. Like that even like the female authors that I like really liked and connected to, like say like Patricia Highsmith or like Donna Tartt, they wrote male protagonists. Um, so I think that, you know, when I was younger, I read like a lot of like, I read like Stephen King, you know, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so that was like definitely like an early influence, but I think it was like later on when I finally, you know, when I think people like, I would say like Gillian Flynn really broke through in like a huge way where it was like, okay, we're yes. going to this popular, like we can actually sell this. So now suddenly we have all these kind of like different types of women in books and women that I found more interesting. Um, so I would say like, obviously authors like her, like Megan Abbott, um, you know, and um, and then another one I think that is maybe a lesser known one is an Irish author, um, Louise O'Neill. And she uh, started off in YA and now she's writing adult. And she wrote um, this this book called Only Ever Yours, which is kind of about like a um, alternate reality where like women are created to be like sort of slaves for men. Like allegedly this is the an alternate reality. <laughs> and it was just like an amazing like book with like a really sharp like feminist message. And I think that she was one of the people that was like so influential to me in like realizing that I could write about stuff that I, that I believed or cared about if that was important to me. Like I can write in my own voice. I don't have to try to, I don't have to pretend I'm a man to write. You know what I mean? I don't have to right. all this kind of stuff. So I think that for me, a lot of like my real influences did come like a lot later in life because the books I was reading when I was younger were like I enjoyed them but there was always like this aspect of like oh I wish I was a guy because like that's those are the people who matter you know like that's who yes people, that's who things happen to you know well I think a similar thing can be said of like YA that now YA is this huge market where when I was growing up you know it, it really wasn't like there were books for kids and books for adults yeah. And not much in that kind of mid space. Yeah, there was like a lot of series, I think, back then that were kind of like almost like like a conveyor belt. Like, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed them, um, but it wasn't yes. like this kind of, I guess, like the variation of characters and like, you know, 
all, all that we have now, which we're so lucky to have. Yes, because now you can read like in any type of genre as a young adult. You know, there's mm-hmm. young adult romance yeah. and thrillers and yeah. science fiction and fantasy. Yeah. And we just have so much more choice, I guess, both yeah. in like what we read, but also in the authors who are creating the things that we read. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is like so important. Yes. It does change. I mean, it changes the way that people perceive the world and it's, it's absolutely like so important. So this is your first book. And I imagine that having your first book come out in the middle of kind of a global pandemic is a different experience than what you might've had otherwise. Um, Well, I will say, actually, this isn't my first book. I've written in YA before. You have? Yeah. I wrote under, under so my late husband's name, so my, under Eliza oh. Wass. Um, but, like, when I got that book deal, this was, like, six years ago, I got uh, the book deal, and then my husband died right after. So oh, it I'm was, so like, sorry. again, like, one of the, like, I mean, now I feel more prepared for this whole situation. Because, like, that whole thing, obviously, I mean, obviously, like, losing my husband right after tainted that whole experience and kind of, like, pushed me away from wanting to be a writer um, for, like, quite a while. You know, made it, it was a very difficult to actually have a book come out and be going through that kind of stuff emotionally. Sure. So in a way though, I mean, then I had, I got this book deal, right? Like right before, and then the pandemic hit. And even though it seems like, I mean, I'm bringing on this stuff or something, um, in a way like that early experience did prepare me because I just realized um, to enjoy it more. I think that the first time I put a lot of like stock in like thinking, okay, I've just had a terrible thing happen to me in my personal life. So I deserve only good things from now on. And so when my book wasn't like some overnight, you know, success or whatever, it was like, you know, you like take it really hard and you feel like, gosh, now I've lost this as well. Like, you know, so it was really difficult. But I think that going through that experience, as much as it sucked, has made this experience um, of being able to to get a, a book published again, made it like so much more not like made it enjoyable, made it so I know how to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like that like, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for real. Like just like enjoy the people around you, enjoy the experience, like take every good thing that you can. Don't like, uh, I guess don't want more than what you get. Like just be happy with what you get, you know? So are you doing a lot of virtual promoting of If I Disappear? Well, so I'm doing right now, as you know. Uh, yes. I didn't know. Yeah. But yeah, like we're doing like a little like radio podcast tour today. And then like I have like I have two virtual events. So tonight I have like my book launch, um, which is through Roman's uh, independent bookstore in Los Angeles um, with one of my uh, close friends who's an author. And then I have another one on Thursday. Um, so that's cool. Like, you know. So, yeah, just I guess just a couple, though, because at the end of the day, it's weird, even though it's like virtual, you think, oh, everyone's going to come. It's still hard to like make to all these things. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, there's a lot of really, really great stuff happening in book spaces since the pandemic. And I feel like, you know, I can attend events that aren't local to me in a way that I couldn't before. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's cool, too, as well. It's like I can invite, like, my friends from the UK to, like, there's one on Thursday that's, like, actually a suitable time for them. 
you know, and it's just like, it is really cool to be able to like see people there. Like, and as much as like, I'd like to have them in real life, sometimes the real life ones, it's more, it's more pressure. Like you're in, I like how I call it real life, but in person ones, it's like, there's more pressure. You show up at somewhere, you might see that there's only like five people there or, you know, you just feel like, people, you know, it, it is kind of nice, I guess, in a way to have the virtual one because you feel like you're in a safe space or at home. Like I'll probably have my dog with me. You know what I mean? Oh yes. Dogs, cats, got to have yeah. all the animals around. Yeah. So I, I can fun. definitely get behind that. Yeah. No, it'll be cool. So I'm going to have to go back and look up your YA title because I had no idea that you had written a first yeah. book. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like such a, I don't know. It's like, I, like I said, like after I wrote it, like I kind of, because I went through such a horrible experience, like I really kind of started to not really enjoy writing anymore. Like I found it because you're like connecting with such emotional stuff when you're writing. Um, yes. if, you're, if you've been through like a trauma, like it can be really difficult to write. And it was just, I got to the point where I just wasn't enjoying anymore. I actually like took a like step back and everything and, and thought, I don't want to do this. I want to do something else. Um, so for me, it's definitely like a situation where it's almost like there's a line in the sand and it's like, okay, like that was then. And, and now it's like, you know, something I'm, you know, writing under my, I guess like my maiden name and, you know, just, just trying to like have like a fresh start where I don't feel like it was, it was not so like tainted, but I don't know, like dark, like you know? shadowed by yeah, a it, lot like, of it, other it, things. Yeah. It like infects everything. It's, it's very like when you go through something like that, like you get like trauma brain and it's like, you're, you're, sure. you're, you're not seeing stuff clearly. Like everything is like tied together in your mind and you blame yourself you know, you think that every good thing in your life is, you know, I don't know, kind of tainted a little bit. So what is next for you? Um, okay, so, well, I have like a two book deal. So I wrote um, another thriller, but it's like really different. Like, I think just because right now, it's everything so heavy, I wanted to write something that was like more comedic. So it's kind of like, more of a funny story. Um, and the title of it is uh, Good Rich People. And like my kind of, my yeah, so like this is the best, my like personal tagline, which I mean, I don't think they're going to use this one, but my personal tagline is there aren't any. <laughs> so that should give you an idea. Because <laughs> it's like I want to write about stuff that's important and I think like super relevant to society and it's going to be becoming more and more relevant. Um, yes. I think and we're seeing this. Um, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I also want it, I do want people to be entertained so that they'll, they'll read it, you know, but well, yeah. yes. So <laughs> is it coming next year then? Yeah, it should be, I think like a year from now. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your release day schedule to oh, no, chat with me and tell listeners a little bit about your book and yourself. I really appreciate your time you have done a remarkably creepy job with this book, and I cannot wait to see how the world embraces it. Well, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, it's a pleasure to get to speak to you. I really appreciate it. And if you could just let listeners know the best way to find you online. Um, so I'm on like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, like on, and on Twitter as well. And if you like follow me on Twitter, like I follow everyone back because like I just like to. <laughs> so yeah, like I want all those spaces, like feel free to reach out anytime. Like that's the cool thing about writing is the community. You know, a lot of us are, are I think, like-minded individuals. So yeah. Yes, I would definitely <laughs> agree with that.
Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations on your book. And I will be definitely looking forward to your next one. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Okay. Now we have new books. <laughs> okay. I have to sort of um, get a handle on my excitement here. Otherwise, I'll be talking to you in a super silly, like squealy voice, and that won't be any good for anybody. So lots of stuff to cover. When I counted, I think I have about 25 books here today. So I'm going to try to hit them pretty quickly, but hopefully still pique your interest. So as always, the first several that I'm going to mention are books that you heard us talk about on our most anticipated releases of February episode. And to start that off, we have Brooke's recommendation. Um, she is looking forward to A Stranger in Town, Rockton, book six by Kelly Armstrong. I love this series so much, and I think Natalia is also a fan. We then have a couple of books that I recommended on the episode, and we start out with Girl A by Abigail Dean. This is a thriller, and then we talk about the Project by Courtney Summers, which is a young adult thriller revolving around a cult, which makes it like a super big deal for me. Um, Brooke is also really looking forward to this one. Um, it will be appearing in my Audible library in just a few hours. Oh my goodness. Okay. Then Natalia talked about The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, and this is such a heartbreaking historical novel. I was fortunate enough to read an early copy, and it is heartbreaking, but so, so well-written. Pretty much what I come to expect from Kristen Hanna. And Natalia is also looking forward to the latest Samantha Young novel. This is a contemporary romance, and it's called Much Ado About You. Stacy is super excited about another really stellar book that I was lucky enough to read an early copy of. This is The Nature of Fragile Things by Susan Meisner, historical fiction set during the 1906 earthquake in San Francisco. And Susan Meisner is just an amazing author. Um, if you've never read her before, I highly, highly recommend her stuff. So those are books that you've heard us talk about before but what about the books that we haven't mentioned and there are a bunch of them i'm going to talk about a couple of historical novels starting with the girl from the channel islands by jenny lacote and this is about a jewish woman who is stuck on the isle of jersey during the second world war and kind of what she does to survive and how finding herself unable to leave this island, um, you know, how that works for her during the war. This is based on a true story. Um, there's so many good World War II books out there. I'm hoping that this one will be stellar. So this is The Girl from the Chanel Islands, and it is by Jenny Lacote. We then have a, it's historical fiction, but it's also got kind of a mystery element to it. This is The Last Tiara by M.J. Rose. And from what I understand, it has something to do with the Russian Revolution in 1917. It also looks like it has a dual timeline component. Um, I really liked 
MJ Rose's 2020 release, and that's what really got me into her writing. So I definitely plan to check this out because I love historical fiction. I'm also a big fan of dual timeline novels, and if there is a bit of a mystery, that's even better. So this is The Last Tiara, and it's by MJ Rose. Then I have a few, I guess, like general fiction, literary fiction kind of books. Um, the first one is The Kindest Lie, and this is by Nancy Johnson. And it is a deep dive into motherhood, into family secrets, and into what it means to grow up black in America. Um, Nancy Johnson, I've heard an interview with her um, in conversation with Sadiqa Johnson, and both of these ladies have such wonderful things to say. Um, this will be my first experience with Nancy Johnson's writing, but I am really looking forward to this one. So it is The Kindest Lie, and it's by Nancy Johnson. This next book has gotten a ton of positive buzz. This is Fake Accounts. This is by Lauren Euler, and it is about a woman who learns through a set of circumstances that I don't fully understand since I haven't read the book yet, that her boyfriend is an online conspiracist. And so she finds herself kind of swept up into this online conspiracy and the way these theories are formed. And it just seems like such a timely novel, but it also seems like it tries to be approachable and fun while still handling a really serious topic. So I definitely want to check it out. It is Fake Accounts, and it is by Lauren Euler. We then have Landslide. This is by Susan Conley, who is an author that I have never read. Um, this book kind of piqued my interest because I really enjoy books about family dynamics and kind of the struggles that go on in a family. This one is set during, I'm sorry, set in a fishing village in Maine, and it features a family who is pretty much on the verge of collapse. And so we get to see kind of what brought them to that point and how they weather the circumstances that have them in such a fragile place. So this is Landslide, and it is by Susan Conley. This next book is a contemporary romance. Um, this is Makeup Breakup, and it's by Lily Menon. Um, and it is, so um, Sandia Menon writes some young adult romances. And when I first saw this, I thought that that's what this was as well, like another young adult. Um, I don't know why exactly. Oh, yes, I do, because it had a, um, a blurb from her in the, um, the press material that I saw. So I was thinking, you know, it was a young adult book. But then when I looked at the synopsis more thoroughly, I realized that, no, this is actually an adult rom-com. So it's about these two people, one of whom has an app for relationships that are failing and another of whom has an app for relationships that have broken. And I guess they become sort of competitors, but also are attracted to one another. Um, it looks like it could be pretty fun, especially if you enjoy books where dating apps and like social media kind of play a role. So this is Makeup Breakup by Lily Menon. Okay. So now we're going to talk about mysteries, mysteries and thrillers. Um, a lot of things when I do these episodes are kind of in my happy place, but mysteries and thrillers are especially so. 
So first up, we have the latest standalone novel from Australian author Jane Harper. And this is called The Survivors. I have not read it yet. Um, I really have enjoyed her previous books, um, both her series novels and her standalone. But um, she is often compared to Tana French. So if you like those kind of slow building, um, very character driven mysteries, I highly recommend that you check out Jane Harper. So this is The Survivors. Then we have The Unwilling. This is by John Hart. And John Hart came to my attention about 10 years ago when I picked up um, his novel, The Last Child. So he's done some straight up thrillers, some contemporary horror. Um, so it's kind of hard to categorize some of his books. And this one is set in the American South at the height of the Vietnam War. So it's a crime novel, but it's set against the backdrop of the war. So this is The Unwilling, and it's by John Hart. Next up, we have another cult book, like two in one week. This makes me very, very happy. Um, this one is We Can Only Save Ourselves, and it's by Allison Wisdom. It's about a teenage girl who pretty much is like the perfect girl next door. She gets straight A's, she's super popular, um, but then she commits this startling act of vandalism and leaves town and is absorbed into this cult. And so now no one really understands like what caused her to leave, what caused this, this vandalism to occur. So I am really, really excited about this. I would be excited about it anyway, because cults are just something that have always fascinated me. But it's coming out at the same time as the project. So I can have like two cult books right in a row. And that's amazing. So this is We Can Only Save Ourselves. And it's by Allison Wisdom. Next up, I want to talk about Bad Habits by Amy Gentry. And this is a novel that I did read an early copy of. And it's pretty compelling. I flew through it in an evening. Um, it's about a graduate student who is also a college professor. Um, she's at this like kind of convention workshop thing for her job. And she encounters someone from her past. And this causes her to kind of relive this one summer that these people spent together. And it makes her kind of come to terms with this deep, dark obsession that she's been carrying around for years. So this is Bad Habits, and it's by Amy Gentry. Then we have The Sanatorium. This is by Sarah Pierce. It is a locked room mystery set in the Swiss Alps. Apparently there was once a sanatorium. It has now been turned into a bed and breakfast, and five friends get stuck there. So I am really looking forward to this book. Um, it is, it's just gotten at such a lot of high impact, positive reviews. So I will be reading this really soon. It is The Sanatorium and it is by Sarah Pierce. Okay, so I have four more here. These are young adult novels. Um, I want to start with, this is not the Jess show. 
It's by Anna Carey, and it's about a teenage girl who lives in this really small town, and she starts getting inklings that something might not be right. And that's all I can really tell you, except to say that this novel is filled with 90s pop culture references, which makes me really excited. And it's possible that there's a hint of time travel. If you want to know more, you will have to pick it up, just like me. And it is This Is Not The Jess Show, and it's by Anna Carey. We then have Love is a Revolution. This is by Renee Watson. And Renee Watson came out with her first book right around the time that Angie Thomas released The Hate You Give. And a lot of people have read The Hate You Give and rightly just fell in love with it. Um, It is such a powerful, powerful book. However, people have not given as much attention to another Own Voices author who writes about the struggles of Black America, and this is Renee Watson. She has a book called Piecing Me Together. She has another one called Watch Us Rise. And then this one is Love is a Revolution. And it is a young adult romance featuring a hero and heroine of color. But even more than that, it is the story of our heroine learning to love herself for who she is and not to kind of give way to people's expectations of her. So this is Love is a Revolution, and it is by Renee Watson. Then we have Payback. This is Vale Hall, number three, by Kristen Simmons. I really liked the first book in the Vale Hall series, which is called The Deceivers. This is set in a school that teaches you to be a con artist. Um, I don't really want to be a con artist in real life. Like, I think that's not a great thing to do. But I'm so intrigued by, like, books about people who live this life. And so I can't really imagine going to a school that teaches you how to do these things. Um, And so it was just a really entertaining read. So book two came out last year, and now book three is out. And this is Payback, Fail Hall, book three. And it's by Kristen Simmons. And last up for me today is a book that almost made it as my um, one of my most anticipated releases of February. Um, but there were so many awesome things coming out this month that it was hard for me to just pick three. Um, but this one is Muted, and it's by Tammy Charles. This reminds me a little bit of Grown by Tiffany D. Jackson in that you see... Um, a young like up-and-coming hip-hop star and she's mentored by an older uh, kind of shady guy think like r kelly um, and of course this doesn't go well um, and then the story deviates some because in the jackson book um this star ends up dead and we're trying to figure out if our heroine is the one who killed him Whereas in this book, it just sort of talks about how this girl gets caught up in this guy's kind of magic and starts to lose bits and pieces of herself to sort of his image of who she should be. So I'm really looking forward to this. It seems very relevant, very timely. Um, I've heard great things about Tammy Charles as an author. So this is definitely one I'll be picking up. And it is Muted by Tammy Charles. 
And that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you have found one or two or possibly more things to add to your TBR pile. Next week is also a really stellar week. I feel like there's not a week in February that is not just stellar when it comes to book releases. So hold on tight, you guys. We will be back next week with more fantastic new release information. Um, There's just so much to talk about. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.